Hey, how you doing? I am quite sick. How are you? <laughs> uh, I'm okay. I'm not sick, so I guess better than you. <laughs> but not great? Sure. I'm great, James. All right. That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> Were you just trying to make me feel better by not going over the top with how good you are? I, I didn't want to rub my health in your face. <laughs> That was very kind of you, thank you. <laughs> Mr. DTK, man. Oh, man. I uh, I did exactly what I, I anticipated I would do. Um, when I received the email from Apple saying that, that I had been accepted uh, to, to order a developer transition kit, the email said I had one week to respond before my offer was rescinded. And when I initially received it, I completely talked myself out of it. I I told myself there's no there's no reason to spend five hundred dollars to have the transition kit now. I'll save that five hundred dollars and I'll just buy the first consumer uh, Apple Silicon Mac that comes out in a few months, mm-hmm. and then I'll have it forever, and it'll be you know leaps and bounds more powerful than this transition kit. And and I told myself that like within few minutes of receiving the email and i had that mindset for the the entire week uh, after i received it but the whole time in the back of my head i went i'm gonna get down to the last second and i'm gonna order it anyway and (laughs) and that's exactly what happened like exactly one week from when i received the email i went i was was a little out of curiosity a little bit I i tapped into the email like at the exact one week mark and i still had the 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 link up to to order it and it was it was too tempting, and so I I went ahead and clicked it. Shame on you. So, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. This I'm I'm really excited about it. I'm excited too. I'm excited for you. I'm excited that I could uh, potentially talk to you about it. Maybe we won't yeah. have to put stuff on the show though because of the um, the non disclosure agreement. Can you actually say right. much more because? Since you've bought it, you must have signed the agreement as well. Right. Yeah, actually, this is going to be a bad thing to admit in a recording. So I, I read, there was a non-disclosure agreement I had to, to agree to before even submitting my application. Ah, and, okay. and I read that front to back, and I think that was the gist of it. I think that has everything. There was a second agreement I had to agree to before I hit the order, and I just did the the same thing everyone does, is I just checked the, yes, I read this, and went on. Um, well, you were under time pressure, you know, that one week was counting exactly. down. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, that's right. It's I, th- I think for that... putting this arbitrary one week on the whole thing that you didn't read it. That's right. There's there's nothing more that could have been in there because, uh, just like Christian pointed out uh, on the show last week, the initial agreement that I, that I signed, quote-unquote, was already so strict. There's nothing else they could have put in there. Like literally, you can't draw a picture of it and show someone the picture you drew. So, um, so yeah, I, I actually it doesn't say much about talking about it. I'm sure I'm sure that if I were to go back and 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 go over it, which I will again once I have it, I'll review exactly what I am and am not allowed to say because I do want to share as much as I can without getting in trouble. Because I know Apple listens intently to our show, so. Exactly. 
<laughs> Unless they've specified that every small Apple podcast is not allowed to talk about it on their show, I think we've basically got free license. <laughs> right. So So yeah This is this is Yep. I was to say this is the part where they really hooked me in. So I ordered this transition kit. And it's just a Mac Mini. Just and air quotes. Well, I mean, just as in it doesn't have the rest of the required pieces to be a usable computer that comes in the dev kit. Oh no, what have and you bought? So I, so, I, so I ordered that and I was like, what am I going to hook this up to? I want, I want to have a really nice setup if this is going to be a dev computer I'm using. And I was already on the Apple's website. So I ordered one of the LG UltraFine displays. Mm-hmm. And, and then I've got the space gray magic mouse and keyboard to go with it. Well, you had to because the Mac mini space gray. Exactly. Yeah. I'm glad that you agree because the last person I told, told this to told me I was being irresponsible. Katrina. So I'm glad that you agree that this, no, no, as a friend of mine. Okay. He's like, that doesn't sound like you're being very responsible with your money, David, but I'm glad that I can tell you this. And your response is, well, you had to because, because that's the response I was hoping for. Unless you already had space gray peripherals lying around, there was no choice but to go ahead and make that purchase. Not sure about the ultrafine though, considering you've got numerous monitors already, although they are purposed for other purposes. Right, exactly. Because what I want in the long run, when the ARM Macs come out, I want a laptop. I'm in desperate need of one. So when an ARM laptop comes out, this display will make a good companion in the long run for that as well. Okay. So you've got future plans for it as well. It's not just the the DTK setup and then in the bin after that. Right. Yeah, exactly. So and and maybe to make it just a little better, I didn't get the five K one, I got the four K one. So I didn't spend that much money. <laughs> <laughs> Good to hear. <laughs> you are so you are being responsible with your money. That's right. Yeah, it was a purchase I had to make, but I made the responsible cheaper one. Exactly. Okay, I'm glad we're on the same page here. <laughs> a bigger question is where in your office are you going to put it? Because I saw the video you posted on YouTube the other week and there's not a whole lot of space there anymore. Right, well, what you didn't see in that video is my new office that I'm working out of now. Ah, the video was but, from the previous office. Right. Right. Um, but this one is smaller than my last one. Yeah, I thought you said that in the video. Right. I've I've got some thoughts. There's a spot that I think I could maybe fit another desk. Um, I'm thinking about retiring my Mac Pro already, though. Oh, that's a shame. Do you not get the use it's, out of it's, it? Or is it the noise? It's a loud computer. Uh, no, it's it's actually great in 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 most ways when it's working. I don't I don't have any issues with performance. I still feel like it's completely usable even when I'm you know building things in Xcode and have multiple simulators going and all that. I think it's a really great setup. Uh my hang up is is just the hassle of having to continuously patch versions of Mac OS to run on hardware it's not supported. Um because in order to run the latest version of Xcode, I have to have the latest version of macOS, which means I need to like pull the drive out of my Mac and plug it into my iMac so I can download the latest operating system and then run a patching tool on it. And 
and it's it's a bit of a hassle. Um, but the the Mac Pro isn't going away, uh, just like to be put in a closet and forgotten. I'm I want to turn this into uh, just a server for my house, something that I can put the latest version of macOS that it supports actually from Apple on there. And as long as it's not running Xcode and requiring the latest version of macOS, that's fine. It'll just be, it'll be running, it'll just be like a media server for my house. And I'll maybe have some scripts running on there, uh, maybe some bots or something. But other than that, you know, it'll just be tucked away. And then I have a whole free desk that I can use for a newer Mac. That sounds like a good plan. Oh, the if you put the last compatible operating system on the computer, it's going to be the ultimate instability because the computer's never going to get an update again, so you won't have to worry about it. So That's you can right. <laughs> potentially just sit somewhere running forever and not even have to reboot unless Apple releases like, you know, they sometimes release a patch for an old set of the OSs. Right. So, and the latest version it supports is Mojave. So it's it's reasonably up to date still, even if I don't try to patch it. My only concern with the plan is that the power consumption on this thing just to sit running might be quite high compared to, say, like a Mac mini server. That's that's fair. I don't know. I'll have to keep an eye on it. I mean, I think you're right. In an ideal situation, I, do, I use a Mac mini for this, but I don't have a Mac mini, and I'm not going to buy one just for that. And I've got this powerful computer I just built that's going to be doing nothing, so... <laughs> In six months' time, we're talking about how the DTK becomes your home server. Oh man, that was one of my considerations actually was putting the DTK in my like sound booth area and just recording the podcast on it and working out of there as well. But I was a little nervous about stability when we're trying to record for an hour or so at a time. Mm, fair enough. Yeah, I'm very very excited. Me too. <laughs> I'm wondering um what kind of protections apple has around it like i know there's already been numbers leaked of other people who've got the transition kit uh running geekbench on it and i'm wondering if there's like if that's being reported back to apple that that people are doing stuff they weren't supposed to be doing on there and and even more on like a physical level i would i'm really curious to open the mac mini (laughs) not i mean there's not much i can gain out of that i'm just curious how they put an iPad processor inside there, and I want to look at see what it looks like inside. Of course. Um, but if I'm gonna, if there's some like security tape or like even worse, like a sensor that like reports back to Apple immediately that the case was opened, that could it, be bad news. It would seem particularly unapple to be that invasive into what you're doing with the computer that you have bought, I guess, in in the general sense of it. But well, I mean, but this is kind of a special case as well, so. Maybe rules don't apply, even their own rules. Oh yeah, they were very specific in all the all the paperwork that I'm not buying this computer. I'm this is 100 percent property of Apple, and I'm I'm leasing it. And ah, okay. So, well, I think the safe thing to do is just to wait for someone on Twitter to say they've opened it. Um, maybe right. give it like a month buffer as well to see that uh, they're still like tweeting and not taken off the planet. Uh, and then mm-hmm. open it yourself. <laughs> okay. That's fair. I do want to, like, make a video about it. Ooh. Like an unboxing running. Not not 
not to share anytime soon, but it's like something I want to record and have on my computer and then like five years from now upload it when, when they won't care anymore, you know? I think five years might be a little bit too soon. Maybe look at 10 years. You should put it on <laughs> YouTube as a private video and then in 10 years just mark it as a public video. And right. does, that, does that mean the upload date is still going to say 2020 on the video? I'd imagine so. I believe it would, yeah. That would be cool. What if, because YouTube has this premiere feature, what if I put it on my channel and set it to premiere in 10 years? Ooh, even that might be crossing the line, <laughs> but it would be very funny. Right. Well, I could do that with any video. Just put like a thumbnail of a Mac mini and say dev kit and just, maybe I should do that. Maybe I should do room. that, seeing as I haven't actually mm. signed anything. Right. <laughs> yeah. That, just yeah. see if you get like a cease and desist or something. Right. Right. So there, see, there's a handful of people um, in the last transition from PowerPC to Intel that got these transition kits and were under the exact same stipulations of, of you have to send this back to us and it's not yours anyway. And then for one reason or another, still have them all these years later. Um, whether it's because like the postal service never picked them up or something like that. And I'm like, fingers crossed. I really want to end up being one of those people because it'd be such a cool thing to keep in a collection. There's always that hope when you exchange something that the, the product that you want to exchange doesn't get picked up by the postal service. <laughs> it's a right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually in that scenario I, I mean, right now. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Well, short aside, but, I um I bought a laptop for like my dad's company um just because like mm-hmm. I do casual IT for them. I think it's okay. probably like the first new PC laptop I've bought or purchased for a long time uh, from Lenovo. Anyway, mm-hmm. unboxed it, opened it, and the screen looks like a piece of junk. Like every second line is um distorted, and there seem to be dead pixels all over the place. So, top experience buying PC laptops. Uh, yeah, so anyway, they're exchanging a DOA, and I'm just kind of hoping I can uh, keep the old one. Anyway, back to the DTK. Well, I kind of lucked out. I also was in that situation a year or so ago, if you remember, with the headphones I ordered for right, the yeah. podcast. Yeah. I I have luckily been able to keep both sets of headphones they sent me. I ne- I've never gotten a follow-up email or a shipping label or anything, so maybe I've used up all my luck in that regard already, and now mm. there's no way I get to get away with it twice. So the return situation on the DTK, it's it's not that clear. It's I mean, they want it back. But will there be some sort of compensation, such as there was last time? I haven't read anything to that effect. But I also skimmed the last section of it. So um, I'll keep an eye out. But I haven't heard anyone say that that's the case. So I don't think I missed something. I think that... If that is going to happen, they haven't announced it yet. Do you remember if last time they did it, if it was pre-announced that they would be giving developers an actual computer in exchange like before the program started? Or was it another case of give us money for this thing and like consider it money <laughs> spent for now? Well, I know at the keynote they didn't say anything, and I certainly wasn't privy to whatever the developer agreements were at the time. So I'm not sure how that was handled. Mm, okay i think we'll just have to hope for the best (laughs) yeah yeah either way i'm gonna end up with a new arm mac i'm sure because i really do want to get back into a laptop 
what else do we have on our pre-show for our uh, WWC follow-up? Oh, uh, yeah, you mentioned the back of the phone tapping. Yeah. That's kind of neat. So you can double or triple tap the back of the phone and just through the accelerometer, I guess, it'll sense that and action a shortcut or a bunch of other built-in functionality. Right. Yeah, I have mine set up right now. A double tap uh, hops me into the multitasking view and a triple tap pulls down um, command center. Oh, nice. I could imagine trying to jump straight into the home app because that's when I'm always, you know, I know it's in control center, but it's it's like a slide and a holdy tap and then you got the controls. Whereas I want light switches to act a little bit quicker. So I think I might put that there. As for the triple tap though, not too sure what I would set for that. How do you find it day to day now? You've had it for uh, a couple of weeks. Yeah, I've been using it for a couple of weeks and I'm not in the habit of using it at all is my problem. Although, yeah, my real problem is is maybe I need to come up with more useful things because I very rarely jump actually into the multitasking view. Mm Mm-hmm. If I'm multitasking, I'm usually swiping just into the last app or something across the bottom. Yeah, me too, come to think uh, of it. I mean, back on the Touch ID days, you're always seeing the multitasking view because you like double tap, it pops up, and then you choose the previous app. Um, right. Especially before they added that like shortcut back app button label thing to the top left of the screen. But nowadays, I rarely see multitasking view. Right, yeah. So... That might be factoring into it somewhat. The only times I remember I have it on is when I accidentally trigger it because I just like out of boredom or whatever, I'm tapping the back of my phone. I accidentally like pull down control center on myself. <laughs> Better not set it to any like call emergency services then or anything like that. Right. <laughs> kind of already got a shortcut for that though, don't you? Yeah. If you just like spam the lock button, I think it'll call someone. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Or take a fall downstairs. That's my shortcut. Right. Does the phone do that? Or do you have to have the watch? Oh, no. You have to have the watch. (laughs) At least series four. (laughs) Right. But, yeah. It's probably not the ideal shortcut for getting to emergency services, is it? (laughs) Just fall down the stairs. (laughs) Just swan dive. (laughs) I see you've got a note here about local shortcuts on the Apple Watch. I was kind of excited by this because I think maybe uh, WatchOS 3 had at least the shortcuts app on the watch where it would have right. a list of your shortcuts and you could tap on the button and then I'm just having another guess, maybe WatchOS 4, they removed the shortcuts app from the watch and then the only way you could trigger them was with your voice. Um, but now we've right. got a, a double win in that we're getting the shortcuts app back on the watch, but also it'll execute the shortcuts locally so instead of having to do a round trip via bluetooth or wi-fi or something slow to the phone to run the shortcut uh it'll do the do the math on the watch itself and hopefully that means the things i use all the time uh, are going to be quicker actually i can't really right i can't in particular remember too much what i used shortcuts for on the watch back then no well, i'm drawing a blank do you have anything uh, I very rarely use shortcuts, so I don't have any good examples. <laughs> Same old story. So, but it's a uh, 
it's it's really about time because like you said it was on the watch before and it was actually on the watch when it was still workflow and workflow had had native watch support before apple bought them and then when they rebranded to shortcuts they removed that is that when it happened okay yeah so they're just finally adding that back for some reason I mean, I'm excited, but I, I can't think of any particular use case right now. I did have one, actually, to record my weight. It was a little workflow that would give you a little on-screen numpad, and then you could pop in your weight, and it would log it in the uh, the health app. That was my way of having, like, smart scales. I could just stand on dumb scales and then look at my wrist for two seconds. Right. Yeah, I did the same thing until I got a scale that just syncs with my phone. So. Ooh, look at you. Mr. Smart Scale. <laughs> It's a it's a really like cheap terrible scale. Um, I actually got it from a friend because he said it was so bad he didn't want to use it anymore. I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll play with it. <laughs> and it's it's like it's some like Chinese company I've never heard of, and it's got a companion app on the iPhone that still has like iOS six design language. Nice. Well, maybe they'll be current next year. Right. It's still scaled. To like a very small phone screen. I oh, love those apps. Uh huh. Um, but it somehow still is able to like interface with the health app. So all that's still working. Um, and more or less it works okay. The only issue is that like I have to pull my phone out and open that specific app and then step on the scale and then it'll connect. And so maybe less convenient. And also that the Chinese government knows all your vitals. But besides that, it's fine that's true it does it does have like those like whatever the metal pads that like get other information like bmi or whatever else i can measure from that Hmm. so that could be cool well (laughs) it's probably not any faster than than what you're doing since i have to pull the app out and open it up every time i step on the scale it's probably just as quick to just you know tap the weight into your watch or something if I wanted a smart scale, I would want to stand on it with no devices and just like go to my phone in half an hour and my weight would be there. If that wasn't the experience, so, then I'd be happy with just typing it in on my watch, which I nearly always wear. Right. So you'd want a scale that's like internet connected. Yeah, internet of scales. <laughs> I'm sure that exists. So I wanted to play a little game with you before we got into the show okay is it how to uh, i've pronounced something no 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 it's 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 related to watch os 7 so ah. I've, I've been using watch os 7 for a couple weeks now and i haven't and right and it's got the new hand washing trigger to encourage you to wash your hands for at least 20 seconds oh no um do i have to make and, sounds and so no you don't have to make any sounds <laughs> Um, <laughs> but as I've gone about just my day-to-day routines in the last couple of weeks, I found a handful of activities that aren't washing your hands that will trigger it. And I want to play a game with you and see how many of these things you can guess that, that trigger the hand washing, uh, on the Apple watch. A lot of them are, are, they make a lot of sense if you think about it. Like what kind of things would, would put your hands in kind of a repetitive motion and make like a wet or like a squelching soap sound. I, I don't even want to start to guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, besides the obvious. Um, all right, we'll move <laughs> past number one for you, David, just to save, save us all. 
Um, okay, we'll go right past that. <laughs> so a repetitive motion and a soapy squatching sound. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is too good. Turning a faucet on. Uh, yes, yes. Turning on a faucet, uh, specifically like turning the shower on would, would do it for me. Yeah, so not like a, a lever sort of one, but an actual tap where you're twisting repetitively to get the right water pressure and the water's coming out. Right. Yep. I'm, I'm really going to be uh, in trouble now, I think. Everything else I can think of is just the other taps around the house. <laughs> Turning on the hose. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I was going to say, there's there's some obvious ones. I'll give you one so you kind of get in the wheelhouse or the area of what we're thinking here. Washing dishes. Yeah, washing dishes, yeah. So, okay. okay. So, we're getting pretty specific. Yeah, yeah. Uh, washing dishes. Um, I don't know. Wiping down the dishwasher because you've got the water sound, you've got a repetitive action. Maybe you don't have a dishwasher uh, if you're washing dishes by hand, though. I don't. Oh, I, I do. I can't say that wiping down the dishwasher specifically. I will kind of give this to you, though. Uh, I have a more general one. It's just moving your hands in any way in proximity to running water. Oh, okay. <laughs> Doesn't that about encompass them all, or is there more than that? <laughs> well, it's more of like just a general, like, I was walking down the hallway, and, and my son was washing his hands in the bathroom, and my watch went off. Ah, oh, gotcha. So... Like literally any repetitive motion and water nearby, like mopping the floor or yeah, wa- walking yeah, past a shower, walking past someone else surpri- doing the dishes. Um, brushing teeth. Brushing teeth. Okay. You've got a pretty yeah, squelchy sort of teeth brushing technique then? Or do you apparently <laughs> don't leave the water running, do you? Uh, no, I don't leave water running. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, putting lotion on. You put the lotion on the skin? Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, uh, wiping my a child's face. No. How yep. wet are your wipes? How wet are your wet wipes? Some some of these, I it must be misinterpreting, because some of these don't involve... As a matter of fact, the last of these don't involve being in proximity to water. Your wet wipes are, um, are dripping and they're squelching as you're wiping the children's <laughs> <laughs> Your house is just full um, of puddles because you have to wipe children's faces so often. Or right. Mine, I do it, <laughs> uh, just putting on gloves triggered it. Putting on gloves. Just yep. like garden gloves, like cloth gloves or latex gloves or what? Yeah, exactly. I was doing gardening and I put some gloves on and oh. just the action of pulling the gloves on. Yeah, I mean, if they're stiff, they can make like a scratchy sound, but it's a far cry from water. Maybe something to do with like the way the glove rubbed across my watch when I was putting it on. It like interpreted that as maybe a water running sound. Mm, yeah. So, and and the last thing um, was was pulling weeds. Ah, that would not have gone for pulling weeds. I mean, it's fairly repetitive, but you don't like pull weed, pull weed. Pull weed. It's more like find a weed, pull it, look around a bit, find a weed, pull it. Right. And there's no so. part of that. It sounds like water. In fact, it's <laughs> usually a pretty silent task, I would imagine. Maybe a little right. bit of ripping of, of roots if it's coming out of I mean, hard ground. 
this was specifically why I was putting gloves on was to pull weeds. So maybe again, having the gloves on something to do with the sound with the glove rowing against the watch set it uh, off. Okay. So, well, it all sounds very annoying, but uh, it's early it's not, on. It's not terribly annoying, but yeah, you're right. It is early on. Uh, I mean, it gives me a tap on my wrist, which I guess makes me think like, do I have notification? And I look and it just thinks I'm washing my hands. Uh, but it's it's not super annoying to have it go off. It is it is like a hundred percent accurate when I am actually washing my hands. I've never had it not recognize that's what I'm doing. So it's funny how everything in your life now takes twenty seconds, right? You're wiping kids' face, twenty seconds, doing the dishes, twenty seconds, twenty seconds of doing the weeds. Ah, I guess I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't want the watch to think that I'm being lazy about washing my hands. So whenever it thinks I am, I've got to keep doing that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or your kid's face is like raw red from being washed so often for 20 seconds uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay well i'm hoping that gets more accurate over time as they i don't know feed more sounds into the into the model that uh makes up washing your hands right yeah i'm sure it's learning as it goes now that it's on a lot more people's wrists as long as you've enabled to send sound clips back to apple well, when you're running the beta, you can't opt out of sending stuff to Apple. Ah, good point. So, which is a big reason why all my batteries have been draining so much. Ah, continuously uploading things. I, I'm sure it's part of it. I haven't even been able to test out sleep tracking because even right now, let me check. My watch is at 34% battery life. And, uh, and I put it on late today. So I've never gotten to a point where I can wear it all night and it actually lasts. Pre-beta, though, it was fine for that, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it could easily last two days before that. So I'm sure it's just beta stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's my experience, too. Two days is what you get with a watch, even though I've got a few years old one now. Yeah. I hated that we... I, I wish we wouldn't have just blown past this, because I wanted to ask you a question. Um, you'd, you'd mentioned the, the video I put up on my YouTube channel. Uh, you, you, put a, you put a comment on there saying that that I had an Australian accent. <laughs> I wondered if you'd seen that because I didn't get any reply, at least none that I got notified about. I wanted to ask you on the show. <clears throat> oh man, my throat is so bad. Well, uh, let's let me think. What was it? Yeah, okay. So, a couple of your vowel sounds sounded very Australian, is what um, kind of brought my attention to it. And then I actually went back through your video <laughs> listening for specific vowel sounds uh-huh. and um there was a there was only one word in particular which i managed to refine. but um so can you say the word uh o f i c e for me office right this might not work again but can you also say the word c o l l e g e college okay yeah so it is repeatable then so maybe this is just your accent but but for me, at least, office and college have the exact same vowel sound in the O. Uh, and uh, Like an R? Yeah, like if I was to write how I imagine a North American person would say office or college, I'd probably just mm-hmm. exchange the O for an A if I was just to do it phonetically. That's how it sounds and to me, how you pronounce it. And yet, the way you pronounce college, I would write it with an O. So there are two 
two words where mm-hmm. I would expect the vowel sound to be the same, and yet you mm-hmm. are pronouncing one like I would imagine North American do, and one how I would imagine I would pronounce it. Interesting. What are your thoughts on that? Is that just how everyone pronounces college? College. <laughs> versus versus col- college? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. More of like the aka ah. Aka. No, no, the the ah sound is is the American version. Ah. Oh, is it? Okay. Like, all right, let me do my terrible, renowned for being terrible American <laughs> accent. Office. As opposed to my <laughs> office. Office. And then to carry that forward to the next word, college, as opposed to college. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Was that an ugh at my accent? <laughs> I, it doesn't sound good. Not your accent. Just the like that to pronounce the words that way in my mind. But maybe that is how I say them when I just speak quickly. Can you say them again for me? I just want to get my ear in. Sure. Office and college. Hmm. Yeah, there's a little bit of variability in there, I think, with the way you pronounce right. it. And now I'm thinking about it too much now. Is yeah, the that's the problem. You're thinking about it too much now. So, but and if you go back to the video, you'll hear exactly how you pronounce it when you're not thinking about it. That could be a good test. Well, here's the thing about that video. I, I tried something completely different for that, and... A lot of things I pronounced in that video are not the way I would have usually pronounced them. Because, what? Because for the first time ever, I wrote a script ahead of time and used a teleprompter to record that video. Really? And oh, and the teleprompter wow. was moving just a little faster than I would speak, and so I was rushing through everything to try to keep up with it. Interesting. And so you're also seeing how words are written down. Uh, as you were right, yeah, so that was maybe affecting my pronunciation. Ah, okay. This is a development. <laughs> yeah, if I do that in the future, I really need to fine tune it because it was, I was definitely not feeling comfortable the whole time recording that. But I'm glad that it wasn't obvious. I was just reading something. I did not think you were reading something, so it wasn't obvious. Well done. I'm sure that this teleprompter speed is like the biggest control you've got on a teleprompter, right? It is, yeah. Um, and I, I thought I had it tuned in. The problem is that it's like a set speed unless... So I've got this really nice teleprompter app, um, but I'm using the free version. And the paid version, you can use like your phone or something else as a remote to control the speed while you're talking. Uh, but with the free version, you have to set a speed and just go. And so if I want to take a minute to really like emphasize one sentence i'm suddenly behind and i've got to try to catch back up Mm, so maybe maybe the solution would have been to record it in a bunch of takes instead of like i want to do this all at once and so that i could have broken it out and pieced it back together in post Um, but i tried to do it all in one take and so yeah if i if i dwelled on anything i was saying i suddenly had to rush a bit to catch back up it didn't sound rushed through the video so but but yeah i guess um I guess you need an assistant. <laughs> could, you, <laughs> could you grab one of the kids and pull them in? Like, when daddy gives the nod, <laughs> hit pause. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I really just need to, like, it's a really nice app. I really just need to 
pay the five dollars whatever the pro version and then i can have my phone in my hand and be controlling the playback as i'm talking so so the teleprompter it's on your ipad you're reading off your ipad right is the ipad also recording the video uh yeah actually so that was my initial setup it's it's pretty nice because it it has the the text scrolling up but the viewfinder behind it so i can see myself in frame and the text scrolling up in front of me as it's recording right and you're looking Um, like almost directly at the camera because it's all on the one device uh well that was my problem is that the ipad is too my ipad at least is too big and so it was really obvious that my eyes were going back and forth uh, uh, so I actually, yeah. I actually switched to using my iPhone to record the whole thing. So it was a nice small screen and the camera was really close. Uh, num- number one, hate in, in, uh, watching anything is seeing a, uh, newsreader or a reader's eyes moving back and forth. That's uh, yeah. Good call. If you saw right. that and then decided to take another approach. <laughs> what I'd really like to do is, is you can get like a little piece of glass and a tent on Amazon that you can just slide the, the iPad into and then it reflects on the glass and you have the camera directly behind it so that there's no offset camera issue. And I might invest in that in the future if I decide to, to keep up with it. Yeah, I've seen those. They, they've got to minimize the angles that your eyes are moving in in relation to the camera. But if your eyes are still moving that much on a big iPad, I... I've got to say, it would still be obvious, even if the camera was centered behind the that's the what you're reading. Well, it really depends on like how far away the camera is from me. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Which it's hard to get very far away in in my office where I usually record. There's not that big of a room, and it's such a wide so, angle camera. Like if you get too far away, you're going to be like a little speck. If you had the right, <laughs> I'll turn the telephoto lens on my iPhone and put it back there or something. Yeah, yeah. So I'm playing with it. We'll see what ends up coming of it. But uh, I'm glad my first attempt wasn't too obvious. No, not at all. No. Besides it having an effect on my accent, apparently. Besides that major problem. What else have you got for me? Uh, I've got a really good idea, but I think it's going to take some... It's definitely going to take some setup. I don't think it's something we could do today. I saw a uh, a video in the last week... Um, uh, I mean, you're familiar with Austin Evans, his channel. Negative. No. Oh, really? He's he's a a really big tech reviewer. Um, heck, he's been around for as long as I can remember. He's one of the original tech review channels. Austin Evans. No, he does not even look familiar to me. Really? Maybe he's more of a U.S. guy. Yeah, it must be. Okay, I see his videos all the time. Um, but anyway. He did a video recently um, where he was ranking every Apple product from like an F to S tier. F to S, F being failure and S being supreme. Right. Really? Yeah. So he's, he's, he had things like, you know, like the, the MacBook Air. What what tier product is the MacBook Air? And, and he pretty heavily favored that one. He thinks it's a good value. And he really liked the iPads as a value right now. But he said things like, the HomePod gets a D and the Magic Trackpad gets a C and things like that. Hang on, can we just backtrack to this ranking method for a second? Sure. I don't under, I don't actually understand the F to S ranking. Okay. Uh, do, you, do you guys have standard letter grades in Australia? A, B, C, D, E? F. A, B, C, D, E. You have an E? 
A, B, C, D, F. Okay. No, there's no E. Okay. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it with an S being above A. Whoa. Which which I think is a very is a very like I think that's part of like Japanese uh ranking system. Japanese don't even have letters. Come on. Well, okay, I don't know where it's coming from. Alright, so we're talking S A B C D F. You're letting me down, James. This is a very standard ranking scale that people use all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, just because I don't know something doesn't mean I'm letting you down. <laughs> no, you don't know Austin Evans. You don't know the ranking scale. <laughs> Look, ABCDF is even an out-of-dated ranking scale. So I'm not surprised I've never heard of SABCDF. It's out-of-date? Do you guys use something yeah. different now? Yes, definitely. Yeah. If you could just transpose everything in the next few minutes to distinction high distinction um what are the others uh i kind of remember it's been so long since i went into school academic grading in australia good there's a wikipedia article on it uh high distinction is the highest distinction credit pass and fail that's all we get interesting yep and this was coming in as i was leaving high school so early 2000s since we saw ABCDFs. I just googled S rank, and it says a ranking originating from academic grading in Japan, used All to describe right. a level superlative to grades. It's above an A. <laughs> All right, I'll give you that one. <laughs> I don't agree with it, but I'll, I'll concede. Okay, that they have I have letters in Japan. So anyway. The 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 scale doesn't really matter. It's just from what's the best to worst Apple products right now. They're just ranking them all, whether they're mm-hmm. extremely good or bad. And I strongly disagreed with his rankings and and a lot of his logic behind them. He gave the iPhone 11 and 11 Pro a D. The 11 Pro a D. Right. The 11 Pro is like the the most supreme Apple product that exists. Right, and the SE2 got an A. The SE2 doesn't really represent what an SE should be and is only just using parts of <laughs> old manufacturing processes to save money. Okay, so you've got opinions about this too. I have opinions. And, and I... <laughs> uh, he gave the iPad Air an F. The, the original iPad Air? Well, the current one they're selling. Okay. iPad Air 3, I guess. He said really it's too too old and needed an update, but it's running an A12 processor the same as iPad Pros, just without the extra graphics cores. It's so, the same uh, processor that's not only in the iPad Pros, but is also in the developer transition kit, which runs emulated software as fast as a 2015 iMac. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And he gave it a what? An F. An F. Okay. So yeah, he had some very silly silly thoughts, and, and I thought... This is something I'd have to set up and really like get a list of products and stuff for us to work through. But I thought that we would have a more reasonable scale than than him if we were to ever do this at some point in the future. Although now that we've already discussed it and 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 shared our our agreement that some of these rankings are poor, there might not be as much of a point anymore. Uh, I think there might still be some contention on some of the um, devices. What okay. are, what would you give a HomePod, for example? <sighs> It w- I don't think it'd rank highly for me. 
like maybe a C or a D. Really? Mm. I'm looking at A or B, I think, for HomePod. I know everyone else really has kind of binned it, but for me, the HomePod is something I use every day. Works better than, maybe not better, but it works with less fuss than any other audio or speaker equipment I've had in the past. Um, don't try and ask it like general knowledge questions or try and use it to actually do any sort of messaging or reminders. But if you use it for its uh, core purpose as a music player, it does that exceptionally well with decent audio quality. And uh, yeah, extremely happy with the HomePod. I guess that's a, a question we have to to ask if we're going to do something like this is, is this in a, like on its own in a black box, it's a great speaker or are we saying for the price compared to everything else on the market, how does it compare? Cause I'd say that it's really good at what it does, but it's not worth the amount they're charging for it. Mm, well, I, I'm looking at it from the perspective that I'm pretty much in, well, I am hundred percent in the Apple ecosystem and mm-hmm. there is nothing else that'll do the job for me. So right. I guess I that means I'm looking at it through rose-colored glasses already because none of the other speakers would actually do this stuff for me. Like there right. is no Apple Music speaker from anyone else, is there? <laughs> or is there? And cool. Um, Actually, maybe. I think maybe the Sonos speakers have Apple yeah. Music integration. Yeah. yeah, I think there might be now. And now the HomePod has Spotify. Oh, yeah actually lets you choose a lot of default apps now with the latest beta oh really even on the home pod uh yeah you can choose let me jump to an article on it i just saw this earlier today uh you can choose your default podcast audiobook and music apps for it to play from wow is this phones as well or just the home pod uh as far as i'm aware this is just about the home pod well that's got to take it off so many people's shit list because right. Yeah, that's big improvement. Yeah, that's massive. If they would just open up the Bluetooth to let any device paired to it, so you don't have to have AirPlay, I think that it'd be a lot, like a very useful speaker no. for anyone. No, see, that, there's something I wouldn't do. I've had Bluetooth speakers before, and I have Bluetooth speakers still, and Bluetooth is just terrible in comparison to AirPlay. I'm happy to be limited to AirPlay only. Like Bluetooth does stupid stuff, like sends alert tones over the over the bloody right. interface to the speaker. <laughs> like, what? you never want that. You rarely want that. Phone calls. Okay. I, I never, literally, never want to use my speaker as a um to take like a phone call from me. I do not want the music to stop playing when the phone call comes in, and then to have you know someone's voice coming out of it instead. Well, I love yeah. using my HomePod as a phone. I mean, I I, I want to do it when I want to do it. But I just don't right. want every phone call coming in to take over the speaker, which is what happens on Bluetooth. Okay. Yeah. How would you rank, if we're looking at services, how would you rank uh, Apple Music as a service? Mm, fairly highly. I think my only complaint with it is the price of it. I think the price is a bit high. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I mean, we're talking like 18 Australian dollars for the family plan, so ah. for both me and Yasmin. I don't know. Okay. I guess when you compare it to to other services, it's not too high, is it? Yeah, I don't know what pricing looks like over there. I think over here it's it's fairly competitive and and I I I've never once had a complaint with it, so I'd also I'd rank it very highly as well. 
And my only complaints are not Apple Music complaints. They, like, stem back to, like, iTunes Match and just the way in that sometimes you can add an album to your library and then go back and look at it two months later and it, it suddenly turned into two albums because I don't know why it does this really, but, like, someone released a a compilation album and like that compilation album like snatched one of the songs oh, from yeah. the original album yeah. away into the compilation like oh god and it has done that for <laughs> so many years now uh, yes and it, it predates apple music so right. it must mean it was an itunes match uh bug sort of thing as well so that can annoy me so they gave it a c i'd put it closer to an a ah oh, yeah i forgot we have to rank it yeah I would happily give it an A because it has completely replaced the way I listen to music. Right. So here's here's something that I had strong opinions about. They gave the Magic Trackpad a C as well. Um, and their whole justification was just that I don't want to use a trackpad on my desktop, so this is a bad product. Ah, oh, look. But that's just a bad justification. Right. Is there even a competitor to the Magic Trackpad? I'm sure there's some some cheap bluetooth trackpads out there on the market but even if we're comp- bet they're bad even if we're comparing the magic trackpad against every trackpad and every other form built into a laptop or not it's still the best trackpad it's huge it's got a a, a long battery life it's it's got multi-touch it's got 3d touch it's it's hands down the best trackpad ever made it is the best trackpad ever made best trackpad you can buy if you don't right. give it an a then and especially not giving it an A just because a trackpad doesn't belong on a desktop. Well, it does belong on a desktop because, firstly, it matches the Magic Keyboard. Like, it's got the same profile, so it looks good. <laughs> um, that was just a joke one, by the way. But um, because some people have RSI problems and they don't want to use a mouse or, I don't know, maybe they don't even have space for a mouse to move a mouse around. Sure. Uh, but it, it's not just a replacement for the mouse. It can complement a mouse. Like, a lot of people have... Uh, trackpad on the left of the keyboard mouse on the right and then you can uh, have some double-handed action going on with trackpad and mouse and keyboard and you know switch things up keep the wrists uh healthy <laughs> yeah it's a it's an exercise it's exercise yeah i mean i'm using a magic trackpad right now uh if i'm doing something like actually programming i always switch to a mouse because i need a little bit more precision to click and drag and select text, and I have a hard time with that with the trackpad. But other than that, mm, okay, I use the trackpad for everything. I think the only time I would uh, have to use a mouse is probably playing an FPS game. Apart from that, I can uh, use the trackpad just as effectively. I think it's great. And, and it solves some of the problems that Apple was trying to solve with the Magic Mouse. I don't hate the magic mouse as much as a lot of people do. Um, I know it's not super ergonomic, but I really like the idea that they've introduced multi-touch to it. And I use the multi-touch on my magic mouse all the time. That's why I opted to order a magic mouse with my dev kit instead of another trackpad. Um, but, but this, this, the trackpad solves the ergonomics issues and there's more space to do more gestures and, uh, it just makes a lot of sense as a progression, especially if you're going to unify the interface across all of your Macs. Mm, that's a good point, yeah. Um, I'll probably give the Magic Mouse a B. Oh, wow. I've only just got 
the uh, yeah the the gestures I find are hard to action for me. Some of them work really well. Scrolling, of course, is is perfect, but things like changing a tab in Safari, you know, like swipe back. I find that very easy on a trackpad, like mm-hmm. swipe to go back a page. But on a mouse, look, maybe a mouse can't even do it. I thought a mouse could do it, but I'm trying it now and I cannot. It's a single finger swipe and it is very touchy. It's a single finger swipe. I, I'm trying it just over and over again now and I cannot get it to navigate back. Right. I agree that that gesture is, is bad. I mainly use it for switching between desktops. Ah, uh, yeah. The two finger to switch desktop thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, it's pretty good. I don't really like the gesture because the mouse kind of is too too sticky to rub two fingers across it effectively. Like it's too, so there's too much friction there. If it was like a smoother surface, like a trackpad, that would work better for me. Is it, is it the mouse or you just have sticky fingers, James? Maybe I've just got sticky fingers. <laughs> but hey, I haven't even had breakfast yet today because I just woke up and went on the computer. So I've eaten nothing. <laughs> I've got night fingers. That sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've actually only just upgraded from a Magic Mouse 1 to a, a Magic Mouse 2 a couple of weeks ago. Oh, really? So I, I also had many years of charging batteries, changing batteries, all that nonsense, but uh, very happy mm-hmm. with the uh, the pierced uh, turtle version of charging now. Actually, I haven't had to charge it yet, so I haven't experienced that that comical sight. Of seeing the mouse on its side while it charged. Um, I've got a an interesting solution to that. I've got one of the one of the uh, like little iPhone Lightning docks, specifically for when I'm working on an app. I can just dock my phone on my computer and have it load the apps right on my phone for testing. Uh, but if my mouse dies, I can just put it into that dock, and it doesn't have to be upside down. It just sits upright, plugged into the dock. Ah, nice. Very aesthetically pleasing. Then. Still not usable. Yeah, still but... not usable. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about tv plus as a service uh it has to be close to an f maybe an e really um if i was paying for it it would definitely have an f but since i'm not paying for it maybe it bumps up a couple of ranks i mean there's nothing that i watch on it right i can't think of anything now Mythiquest, I think, was probably the highlight of TV Plus for me. But now I'm in this limbo of waiting for the next season of Mythiquest and there's nothing yeah, else I've that's en- jumped out. Sorry. Go I've on. enjoyed everything I've watched on, on TV Plus. I Mythiquest is great. Um, the morning show is great. I, I really enjoyed C. Um, I watched The Banker recently. I thought that was an excellent movie. I'm looking forward to the Greyhound movie with Tom Hanks coming out on there soon. Um I watch a lot of the content they put on there and I think it's all excellent. But yeah, the problem is exactly that you can, you can easily watch everything in Apple's library and then have just nothing to watch. And when it's free, that's fine. But in another couple months when I have to evaluate whether I want to pay for it, why would I pay for a service where they have no content to offer me? And I don't know how they're going to solve that. If that's going to be, if they're like maybe behind the scenes, buying up rights to a lot of shows to like fill the catalog up when everyone's free trials are running out to encourage people to stay on. They should hope so. Right. Or if they're going to have some kind of like excellent bundle around that time with, with bundles, music and TV and maybe arcade and, and, and uh, news and, and whatever else so that it's an easier pill to swallow. Cause you're not paying for one thing. You're paying for the whole package. 
My bigger beef is just with TV services in general. The way that you're paying a monthly fee and you're getting a subset of the TV that's available. I think just as a concept is bad. What we need is uh, Steve Jobs to somehow talk the TV industry into offering everything uh, just on one like platform for a set fee. <laughs> but I think that, uh, I think that plane that ship has sailed. Yeah, I think we've already gone through the golden age of of streaming services. With with we just had like Netflix and and Hulu, and now every single like television station wants their piece of the pie and they're creating their own streaming service and they're they're splitting the content up so much that it's hard to justify paying for any of them exactly yep so we're gonna eventually you know move past this and some will give up and some will consolidate and then we'll probably be left with netflix disney plus right and whatever hbo is making and then it might be realistic to subscribe to one or more of them but for now, I'm going to keep pirating stuff, even for the services I do subscribe to, because it's just easier. <laughs> it's easier than just streaming it, even when you're already paying for it? Yes, it is. <laughs> I guess there's nothing wrong with pirating it if you are paying for it. I guess the questionable thing is the fact that you'd still have it after you stop paying. All oh, right. Well, I don't, because I don't, like, hoard digital media. Right. I- Watch it and then delete it. Or the, no, I don't watch and delete. I watch and then finish seeding it and then I'll delete it. Ah, okay. You're a very, a very kind pirate. <laughs> These sorts of things are enforced on a lot of sites. So, yeah, by necessity, I'm a kind pirate. <laughs> I think I'm approaching the end of my voice. I'm not sure if you can hear that. Uh, I mean, you sound the same to me, but if you're feeling fatigued... I definitely want to hear about your new iPhone before we go. Ah, yeah. I got an iPhone XR. Can you believe? Oh, uh, okay. To- tossing up for weeks, I guess. Just um, deciding like which one was going to be the one for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't, the XR wasn't really even on my mind. I'm not sure why. I think it's just that I kind of ignored it when it came out. Because it was just like the cheap version of the phone that year, of the XS's right. year, right? Yeah. So I never really paid much attention to it. Um, although I did remember a few things about it, like I had an excellent battery life in comparison, slightly right. thicker bezels than the, the OLED phones. But then I just stumbled across what they're selling for on the secondhand market. And bang for buck, it's hard to go past them. I was really keen to get a Face ID phone because I'm getting mm-hmm. a little bit sick of the whole Touch ID thing. So I the the SE2 wasn't really uh, on my radar this time around. Although the SE1 okay. still was just because I'd happily take <laughs> like that smaller phone even if it had Touch ID. Um, right. But uh, waterproofiness of a phone has had become a factor over the last few months. <laughs> Anyway, I saw the the pricing for the the ten R, and yeah, it was a very good proposition. What you get a, I guess they're approaching two year old phone now, or one and a half year old if it was like bought on launch day. So they're not that old a phone. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I yeah, it's a great phone. 
It's very good. It does look very chunky in comparison when sitting next to my, uh, sitting next to Yasmin's iPhone 10. It actually looks comically big and thick with two C's at the end, <laughs> which I was not expecting. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, battery life is, but it is a faster phone. It's a faster phone than the 10. Yeah. Right. And yeah, it has way better battery life. Yeah, I actually spent the last three days in a hospital, which is another whole thing, uh, and uh, the battery life was excellent. Well, that's good and bad. <laughs> yeah, we, we can finish talking about the phone. Um, what else have I noticed? <laughs> I got the light blue version. Looks kind of okay. nice, although I have ordered a case um, for obvious reasons, so it's, it's going in the <laughs> case. Okay. So we're not going to see that light blue. How do you um, find the camera? Ah, uh, the camera's probably my least favorite part of it. Mm-hmm. It seems to have, you know how the 10S had that kind of HDR look to everything, which was really refined when the 11s came out. So it was still HDR, but it just looked a lot more pleasing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I find them, the HDR doesn't, yeah. To my aunt, it's subjective every, how photos look, but there's just not enough contrast to the photos. Although uh, the colors are a lot better still than there was on the uh, SE. That's not right. Hard. <laughs> and a big upside is that I actually can uh, encode videos in H.265. So it's not oh, like yeah. 10 meg a second when I record video as it was on the SE. Yeah. And did you get some more storage capacity with it as well? Yeah, so the SE was 64 and this one's 128, which I think is the highest capacity 10R you could get. That sounds right, yeah. I think it was available on 64 and 128, maybe a 32. It might have even been 32 and 128 only. Yeah, it could have been. Hmm. But I never even used the capacity of the, the 64, really, so. So it'll last you forever. Yeah. It'll last me forever. Famous last words. <laughs> Didn't I actually say that? So not the last show, which was with Christian, but the one before that, I just finished talking about how good the SE was. And mere hours later, Yanis had taken it and thrown it into the toilet, like literally into the toilet bowl. Right. I don't even think you had the show uploaded yet. And you had sent me a text saying that your phone had been destroyed. Yeah, right. Yeah, because I normally upload it <laughs> that evening. And uh, yeah, in the between time. It had been thrown into the toilet. And this was the phone that was supposed to be um, immortal because it had already been submersed for 30 seconds and survived that whole ordeal. No issues right. at all. Yeah, with a with a cracked screen and all. With a cracked screen, yep. Any other questions about the 10R? Um, none that I can think of off the top of my head. Well, we managed to make it through a whole show without talking about any anything on the subreddit. Well, good morning. Good morning. All right. Well, I'm Jelly Woot on Reddit and Twitter. And I'm James VDM on Reddit and Twitter. <laughs> and you can find us on the subreddit, which I continuously mispronounce, reddit.com slash r slash the r apple show. There's probably, like, I think we have one fan on there who, who goes in and likes your show post every, every couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I occasionally see something with four or five but yeah it's normally around the three <laughs> yeah 
Did you hear the very end of last week's show? Did I hear the very end? Mm. Um, I mean, I listened to it, but I don't remember anything that stood out. It's been a couple of weeks now. Was there something I was supposed uh, to listen for? There there was a few seconds gap after the end in quotes, and uh, you said something like, this is where I say all right. <laughs> and I just kind of cut that out and put it in there a few seconds later. <laughs> you would have I, noticed, I, I think. Yeah, I must have, have thought it was over and, and ended the show before before I said that. <laughs> I'll have to go back and re- and re-listen to it now. Yeah, do that. I should save an audio snippet of you saying "all right" and just stick it after every show now. <laughs> you just got to go back through all the recordings and, and pull out all my all rights, and we'll have a super cut. Oh, imagine that'll take days. It's only two and a half years worth of recordings. Oh, is that all? And roughly an hour and a half to yeah, an hour and a half for every fortnight for two years. I can't believe we've been been at this for that long already. Doesn't feel like it. Mm. No, it doesn't. Doesn't. Uh, will you have the DTK before our next show? It's coming twenty third, right? You said. Yeah, it says twenty uh, third. Hopefully, that it's just an estimate. It hasn't actually shipped yet, so maybe it'll ship a little bit earlier than anticipated, and I'll have it in time. Mm. Yeah, Apple normally pretty good at meeting or beating uh, shipping dates, so. Maybe right. we will, but if not, then you'll just have two weeks to talk about it for the following, which could be a good thing as well. Maybe if I get it on the day, I could do a quote-unquote live unboxing on the show. That's how you get away <laughs> with doing an unboxing, an audio-only unboxing of the DTK. Whoa. And I'll press you into opening the case itself, and then we'll hear the mm. helicopters coming in from afar and... <laughs> Police, open up! <laughs> or, or not even, just the breaking of windows as SWAT comes through. What was that? I'll get uh, Gizmodoed. They'll send the the cops in and raid all my computers and take everything I have. Ah, oh, no, that would be a disaster. <laughs> You'd probably see them a few years later in Apple's own archive of computers. <laughs> I mean, it's no secret that like when um, when Steve Jobs was still at Apple, he he made them get rid of a lot of their their legacy and old stuff they had kept around. Um. I guess just because he had this strong vision of we need to be thinking forward and not looking back ever. And so in the last few years, Apple's actually been buying like old computers and old like like System 7 operating systems for the Mac, like just off of eBay. People are like, hey, Apple bought my System 7 disc from me because <laughs> wow. they just didn't have one. Huh. That's so crazy. So they've been slowly trying to, yeah, get all that stuff back. How do you know it's Apple? Is it is their eBay account just called Apple? Uh, I don't know if it was the shipping address or something. This was a year or so ago, but it was in one of my vintage Mac like forums I'm in, where people were talking about it. So, as a matter of fact, in the latest uh, keynote or WWDC, when they were down in the the secret lab and they're talking about Apple Silicon, they had a shelf of old prototypes. Uh, behind oh. them wow. including like an original iphone test board and things like that but they had one um because a lot of apple prototypes are prototypes are put in clear cases and uh they had a prototype macintosh se sitting up on a shelf um but it it wasn't actually a prototype se it was a, a reproduction prototype case that's like 
people in this vintage Mac forum are recreating now and selling so people can put their components in a clear case. And oh, it's got wow. like one very distinct difference from what the prototypes had. And you can tell that they just bought this fake prototype case and put it back there. Ah, wow. So. Very cool. Yeah. I bet all the forum users were frothing over that one. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, it is cool to see them take a bit of an interest in kind of their history again. Yeah, I mean, I can see the perspective that Steve Jobs had, but, I mean, surely you can just have, like, a museum room or something that it's got all your old stuff in it still. Right, yeah. Well, I still want to see someday, and I'm sure this will never happen. I just want the, like, the six-color Apple logo to come back. Mm. Maybe on the ARM Max. Maybe. <laughs> it does look so old-fashioned, but that's just because it was on on old computers. Maybe it would... Yeah. I'm sure if it was on modern Macs as well, we wouldn't think of it as quite so old-fashioned. Although it does look a little bit retro as well. Maybe they just uh, rejigger the design a little bit to make it a slightly more modernised version of it. Johnny Ive, though. Whoa. What would he think about that? <laughs> well, Johnny is gone, so he doesn't get a say anymore. He doesn't get a say, but he can have his thoughts. <laughs> I don't know what Johnny's doing. Like, Love From still doesn't exist. It exists. Look, you can go to lovefrom.com, and it loads a uh, blank page. Right. A pure Which white is... page. Right, I that's mean, very deliberate. That you need to know is there. <laughs> this is the the ultimate like minimalist website. Yeah, this is a statement. This is their design ethic. This is their history. Uh, this is their currently announced products. Uh, you can't contact them because they don't want that. I could go on. If, uh, if you don't know how to get, if you don't know how to get in contact with Johnny Ive, you can't afford Johnny Ive. <laughs> <laughs> that's the motto. <laughs> it's written on their white walls in white ink right so i mean this is a deliberate web page like it's got updated security certificates this isn't a 404 this isn't a not found this is a deliberate like white background they've put here so mm-hmm. uh just looking at the source the uh, source is uh html in brackets and then html in close bracket <laughs> yep ultimate minimalist does he, in fact, need to have that there? Could he... Mm, yeah, I'm not sure how the page would be interpreted if he doesn't have the open and close of HTML. Some browsers might interpret it weirdly. Yeah, I was going to say, I think most browsers don't need open closed HTML, but maybe if you looked at an Internet Explorer, it'd do something weird. Yeah, IE5 shows like an error message. <laughs> oh, well. Right. I guess we'd better conform to W3C. <laughs> all right i'll say goodbye and i'm gonna go make some like lemon and honey water all right sounds good talk to you later talk to you later see ya